0: Seriously, tell him I said this, air this, air this part.
1: You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns. And for this episode, he's joined by Dan Benjamin, founder of the 5x5 Broadcast Network. Hello, you're welcome. You're not welcome. You're listening to Show Me Your Mic. And I'm Chris Hens. I'm joined today by Dan Benjamin, as you heard in the intro. Dan is a podcaster, screencaster, writer, software developer, designer, and entrepreneur. He's also the founder of 5x5 Studios, which can be found at 5x5.tv. And uh, Dan had an early start in podcasting. He's actually one of the folks who... Uh, there's a few that sort of inspired me to get this whole thing going and trying to do this whole podcasting thing. He was one of those. I remember listening to the original Hive Logic podcast back in 2007. Wow. That's, you've been around a while (laughs) now. Yeah. And, uh, was there, there was a, I was trying to Google it, but there's so much stuff now out there that, uh, there's a photography show you did with your friend. Jack Sharp with, uh, James Duncan Davidson. There you go. Yeah. I remember listening to that as well. I just had dinner with him. He was just in Austin the other night. Well, there you go. And uh, in 2009, you founded Five by Five to sort of centralize and bring all this stuff together and start the right. media empire that we know today. So welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Quite a, what, what an introduction. I don't know what to say. Well, I'm just reading your, uh, <laughs> Dan Benjamin, <laughs> the stuff you wrote back to you, just in case you weren't aware of who you were. This is who you are, Dan. <laughs> Going back to what I was saying, like with starting back in 2007, just sort of, kudos to you and congratulations on the I don't know the community and the the, the thing you've built with five by five which I think for folks maybe who see it today as it is kind of just know you as the guy who has you know, like is you know jokingly referred to maybe it's more serious the five by five media empire of that's out there now but um yeah like I said and, and I went back I was just in doing research for this show went back and read some of your early posts when you first Published your first episode of the Hive Logic Show, and kind well, of... I apologize. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Sorry. listening. It's it's uh, it's comforting, I guess, to the, as someone who's new-ish to this myself, and you know, seeing back how you started, and not that I've read every single thing since then <laughs> in researching yeah. the show, uh, but uh, but yeah, just congratulations, I guess. And it's no easy feat to get from where you were to where you are today, and that's uh, a lot of hard work and and all that kind of stuff. So. That's the the nice part. Now we get into the serious questions. Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and, and your history and sort of gear that you have, and all that kind of stuff that I know some people turn in, tune into this show has been talked about a lot on various podcasts and interviews that you've done. So I'm not going to rehash everything. I'll put some links to uh, shows you've done, such as the Mac Power Users, and there's an episode of Five by Fives After Dark show. Right, number seventy five. Magic seventy five. And, uh, and then your podcasting gear guide on 2000 or on Hive Logic story that was last published in 2011, which actually still holds up pretty well for. Yeah, it's all right. I
0: mean, there's still some things in there I would take out and I need to. I did a couple updates, but I haven't done one in a, at least. Gosh, I think it's been at least a year. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you got
1: lots of stuff on the go.
0: Yeah. I need to get in. I need to get in there, though, because people are using the old one.
1: Yeah. And I don't really want them to see the old one, you know. <laughs> actually, as a side with. The after dark thing, I was going to ask you about this. Someone, I think it might have even been Mike Hurley that I was talking to about this. Uh, I actually interviewed him the week before you guys announced the uh, hostile takeover. Right, the hostile takeover, (laughs) yeah. Or the British uh,
0: invasion, depending on which side you're on. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm in Canada, so I'm a neutral third-party observer. Right, of course. The after dark term... Where did that come from, first of all? I have a feeling it was from one of the shows, like Merlin's Back to Work show or, or another show maybe. Way, way
0: predated that, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, the the concept of, uh, and, I mean, and not to take anything away from Merlin, because I I mean, I steal as much stuff from from him or take credit <laughs> of as many of his ideas as I can. Uh, but I think it was, it was before that, and I'm trying to remember when, uh, I, I suppose I could go and look at the artwork that Jory did for the very first uh, After Dark that I did, but... We found oftentimes that uh, after I would do like an interview on the pipeline or a co- show the, an episode of the conversation, that people knew they knew like okay, this is the show. I I need to be serious now. I need to be, you know, I need to be on. Uh, make sure I, everything I say is right and everything is good and 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 then I would say okay, guys, the show's done and I'd still be recording. I'd put drop a marker and I'd still be recording and people, people would, they'd loosen up and they'd like make jokes and they'd laugh and they'd curse and they'd say all these great things. And I'd say, do you mind if I release this as something else? Cause you're like a cool person now and before you were all uptight and they're like, yeah, no, that's fine. And, um, and so I, I just said, well, what am I going to release this as? It's not a separate episode of the same show. It, it's got cursing in it. So I need to mark it explicit. Like, what do I do? And that's kind of was the genesis of the after dark. And we still do them anytime that there's a show that makes sense uh, to do one for where we record something afterwards. It's, it's been a, a bit less recently than what we used to, uh, what we used to have. But uh, yeah, it goes, it goes way back and absolutely accurate is back to work had many uh, of, of, The best. And in fact, Merlin uh, and I would often do uh, uh, After Darks that were as long or longer than the show itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know when this started. My guess is it started sometime in about, you know, within the first year. And as far as how did it get named? I I think that I had wanted to call it After Dark because there was this show on when I was a kid that used to be called like something after dark and they would show these awful movies during that time. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember talking to a couple of the guys about it. Merlin was one of them. he's like, I think he, he was on board with the, the name. And he, again, if you look at the after darks, like the most epic after darks are the ones with, with Merlin on there. Cause he's, but see now the whole show is an After Dark the Back to Work. So I think yeah. I think we find <laughs> less need to do them
1: now. But I feel the show's better for it. It's kind of yeah, it's uh it's almost become the the show has become the After Dark and then the After Dark has become the uh,
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the last. People will often say, "Oh, I, you know, the we we have to just enjoy sit back and enjoy the first 20 minutes of Back to Work until the actual show starts." But every you know, we get a, we don't have a warm-up act. We have to, you know, warm ourselves warm ourselves up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: exactly. And that's what, when, uh, again, I think it was Mike I was talking to, but anyways, it, it's almost become, again, from, in podcasting circles anyways, my circles that I read, follow, listen to, mm-hmm. et cetera, it's almost become so ubiquitous that I was trying to come up with some sort of term like that, that was my own thing, right? And I, you know, eventually I will, but, because I, I appreciate what you say, like, even before you and I started talking, recording, there's something about saying... And like you joke, I'm back to work. Like, is this the show? When it becomes the show, then all <laughs> right. of a sudden, everyone's like stiffens up a bit. And uh, and I mean, you you were joking about your soundboard and stuff, and that kind of helps to maybe lighten the mood a bit, I guess. And you use it on some shows and others, you don't. But um, but yeah, there is that like. And now it's done, and let's really just shoot the breeze, kind of talk. That yeah, see,
0: that's but that's all I want this to be, Chris. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be some. You get enough people who are going to show up here and they're going to be all serious about it. I mean, you can't have fun doing this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, like I, I, I just want this to be fun. I want people to enjoy it. They've got to enjoy it. People have to enjoy it. They have to enjoy making the shows. They have to enjoy listening to the shows. If it feels too much like work, then what, what are you doing it for, right? I mean, this isn't
1: your, is this your full-time? I should do some research on you. Is this your
0: full-time thing yet? Yeah. No,
1: it's not yet. No. Okay. No. That's, uh, yeah, well, that's another discussion for another show. Next time I have you back, we'll talk about that. Sounds good. You can coach me on, on that, the business side, not just my mic technique or lack Right, no problem. You got it. Too basic.
0: Consider it done.
1: Well, okay. you were very close to the mic at first. Yeah. You were very, very close. Yeah. Well, apparently you t- you've told me now, I've learned now that I'm not supposed to actually put it inside my mouth while I'm talking. <laughs> that's right. It's optional
0: to put it deep within your mouth.
1: <laughs> that's another show too. Um, but yeah, the so, anyways. Well, short of you, I guess you're going to have to trademark that term, I think, because I think it's going to just start to take on almost like you know how uh, I don't know if in the states like a Kleenex is just ubiquitous for a, a tissue, uh, <laughs> nasal tissue. <laughs> anyways, uh, you you may see it elsewhere, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I'll I'll keep my eye out for it. Yeah, I'll I'll alert you. Um, so podcasting is a career, like you alluded to, if it's not fun, why are you doing it? Yeah, do you, you can't do it if it's not fun. Do your, uh, your friends and family kind of give you weird looks when you say you're a podcaster still, or is it... Because like I get that if I say, we just had a conversation over Easter with my parents, and I've been doing podcasting stuff for a few years, but they are still are surprised that I talk to somebody on Skype and then record it and send it out, and someone might not want to listen to it. Is it still a weird thing that you're doing, or is it kind of quote-unquote normal or accepted? I guess uh, I mean, you're making money, so... Yeah. I think it depends. Like as far as, as far as if you're
0: asking like my family and, and, and friends and that kind of thing, uh, they all know what it is. So they're all very familiar with it. And you know, I think, I, I think there's a mixed reaction to it. Like some people generally, I think people think it's kind of neat because they know like, it's my own business that I started. And obviously, you know, I'm able to provide for my family and, and, and pay bills. So from that standpoint, I think that, uh, I think most people see it as a positive thing. Most people see it as, Oh, that's really cool. I don't think they really know what it is that I do unless they're geeky enough to like listen and, and be fans of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know, but like when I tell somebody on who doesn't know me or who I can, I just can tell they're not, uh, internet savvy, uh, then I know that I have to, what I usually say is I'm, I'm in broadcasting or I'm in, I'm in radio. And if they say, oh, what station? I say, oh, it's an internet radio station. They say, oh, that's cool. And, and, you know, then I have to explain it, but it's not, it's not as easy as, uh, as like saying, oh, I'm a, you know, like back in the day. And you said at the beginning of this that you, you know, you've been following me since the beginning. So you knew, like back in the old days, somebody said, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a web developer. And they go, oh, really? What does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. what do you do? And now you can say you're a web developer or a software developer or even an iOS developer to somebody and they're pretty much going to know, like they're going to get what that means. We're not at the point now where if I were to say, oh, I, I, I podcast for a living, people would, that's still strange to, to people But I think there's an important distinction to make, and I I think you probably are probably in the same camp as me when it comes to this, and that is, I don't really think of this as being like podcasting as much as it's sort of just broadcasting in general. And, And what I mean by that is we stream our shows live, we make them into podcasts, but there's a lot more of the, the, the live experience and people listening live and, and all of that. I think that is a, plays a, a very big role in the way that people get into 5 by 5 So I really just think of us as doing broadcasts as opposed to podcasts. I don't really think we need to make that differentiation anymore. Mm. Most of the people that we've done surveys, most of the people that listen to the show or these shows, they're commuting or they're at the gym. Uh, if they're commuting, then they're probably listening to it in their cars with their phone plugged into the auxiliary report or on Bluetooth. It's the same thing to them as if they had turned the radio station on through talk talk radio. We're doing talk radio. Whether you call it podcasting or broadcasting or whatever, it's it is talk radio. And I think that's you know, that, that that's how I like to refer to
1: it. Yeah, and that's on the bio, I guess, or whatever you want to call it for the, the byline for five by five. You say it's an internet broadcast network for geeks, designers, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Right, right. So yeah and that's, I th- I'm i definitely with you. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're so far removed, I think, from just a podcast being a podcast. And I think the, the neat part that you hit on too, that, that I think for someone like me anyways, who aspires to do more with this, what's really neat is not even so much like, you know, the download numbers are great. The sponsor stuff is all great. All that kind of stuff is awesome. But what for me, I think really gravitated, what gravitates me towards what you're doing, uh, is, is that community. And that's why in the beginning I said, you know, wanting to Congratulate on that community that you've built around Five by Five because that's that's not easily done and uh, right. and part of that as- aspect of that is the live stream the the live uh, chat room that you have um, now you're doing video I noticed you're testing that out um, and presumably starting to do that again it's in some fashion um, can you touch on what what that brings to someone so like for someone who's maybe doing this say like myself or whatever why might it be worthwhile to invest in Uh, setting up a a live situation as in addition to just regular sort of broadcasting out. I mean, I
0: think, yeah, no,
1: it totally does. I think, I think for me or for,
0: I can say for us uh, live is it, there's a, there's a couple things that live does. One of the things that live does is it, it, on the one hand, it, it makes it kind of, I don't want to say exciting because it's, not that exciting, but it makes it a little more exciting in that you know that what you're saying, and what you're doing is on, you know, people are listening to it, whether it's one person or a 50 or a few thousand. Uh, and of course, it depends on the show as to which that's going to be. But, you know, potentially hundreds, if not thousands of people are listening to what you're doing. Well, that makes, you know, if right now you and I are recording offline. And if I screw something up or if you screw something, I know you wouldn't screw it up. But when I screw something up, you know, you can say, Dan, I'll edit that out. Don't worry about it. Like, I got this. Yeah. Well, that takes some of the, the interest and the excitement out of it. If it's something that's live and there's an audience and, and, and it makes it real, well, you've got to pay a little bit more attention. You, do, you can't fall back on it quite so easily and say, "Ah, yeah, we'll just fix that in post. Um, we joke on the shows. I often say, I'll, I'll, edit, I'll edit all this out. And of course, we don't edit it out. We leave it. Okay. And I'll say, well, this show will never air. And of course, we air them. Yeah. But it's, it makes it a little bit more real. And I think it, it adds a level of excitement and interest to it. The second thing is, we have some really, really cool fans and listeners who tune in. And they tune in because they enjoy listening to it live, the very same reason that people like to listen to live talk radio. Whether it's an interview or for any other reason, that people really, really enjoy being a part of something as it happens. That's the exciting thing about a sporting event. Um, you know, I, I watch a lot of NFL. I watch baseball. I do not like to watch a, a recorded game, I almost a taped. I do not <laughs> like to re, to watch a recorded game, not because I know what's going to happen, but like it's not live. I just don't. I feel like um, like it's not the same. Like you're supposed to see it when it as it happens. That's that's the best. And I feel like it, being our listeners appreciate that about the shows. They want to they enjoy it while it is happening for the first time. And, you know, so that's why we made the iOS app to do that. And that's why we put together the streaming infrastructure behind the scenes uh, to do that so that people could be a part of it. And I made the app so that people could listen to it, when it wherever they are. If they're out, you know, walking or driving in their car and, and a show comes on, they're going to get a push notification that says, oh, Quit is starting now and they can listen. And I I always thought that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know, then they're they're part of it. They're participating in it. And what live also lets you do uh, is have a chat room so that you can see what the listeners are saying as they're saying it. If you have a guest on or a topic and you want their help because they can find out information. So many times I'll say, well, let's ask the chat room and they'll come back and they'll say, oh, that, that thing you just said, that was wrong. Or you asked about the, what version of Mac OS, the PowerBook G4 your mom just gave you could run. Oh, it'll run this. They can tell you and then you can say it on the air. And frequently they correct the things that we say that are wrong and it makes the show so much better because those folks are really, you know, they're interested in the show and they love it. And you know what? It's fun for them to say, oh, I, I corrected Dan on again on that show. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a fun opportunity, I think, for... Um, for the listeners to participate in a, in a special way. And then, of course, the final thing is, you know, on a, on a couple of our shows, we do call-ins. So when people call in, well, their voices are on the, uh, the air as well. And then you're really into that area that in the past was just owned uh, by talk radio. You know, it had to be on a regular radio station. And, you know, now we can do that. So talk radio, live broadcasting, we've got it all.
1: Yeah, it's no longer uh, sitting in someone's basement alone talking on Skype. There's community there, there's yeah, listeners live, although I am sitting alone in a basement. Um, That's neither here nor there. The uh, two things I want to touch on actually from that is the app idea, I think, is something that traditional, whatever the word is, podcasters, nerds, kind of discount or discredit I think in a way because I think why would you do that you've got iTunes already people will just go to iTunes but or whatever your uh, podcast listing service of choice is but there's time and again unlike I sort of joked about with my parents uh, not understanding what I do there's people who don't understand how to use podcasts or how to listen to podcasts and I think something just the way it, way you described it to me there it just made me think like for people who listen to this show that the idea of building some sort of app even if it's a simple basic app doesn't have to necessarily be as complex or as nice as what the five by five in one is but just to allow people who aren't you know savvy enough to necessarily figure out how to download podcasts and stream mm-hmm. them and all that kind of stuff it becomes just a app that they use just the same way that they use their messages app and get a notification and and right away they're listening which yeah i think like something yeah just like what you said makes me uh Want to investigate that further, I guess. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, and and it's, you know, but here's the thing. We put up a schedule, Chris, Mm -hmm. and if we don't hit that, that's a, that, those are guidelines. Those are suggested times (laughs) for me and my host to do it. Here's, here's the one flexibility that I still have temporarily. I can, I can be a little bit earlier, a little bit late if I want. Now it does get, we do get into trouble when we go long on a show and there's other people doing the show after us, then they all have to wait. And so we try not to do that. But on, on a number of days, we know, okay, we can go a little bit longer. We can start a little bit later if we want. And, you know, the times that we put up there, there are suggestions. There are suggested times that we have to start. But what you find is that even if you say that, people, they really want their shows. <laughs> they want to hear their show. Well, what, what, what if you, you know, went to go and watch Game of Thrones on Sunday night and it just didn't come on? Oh, it'll be on. It'll just be on later, we think. It'll probably be on. Like it's supposed to come on at 8... And it'll maybe check back at like 940. It'd probably start then. And if you're late and you didn't know it was starting, you might miss half of it. Well, that would infuriate you. And we, you know, we may not have millions and millions and millions of listeners for every show. Right. But we definitely have listeners who care about the show. And even if there's 20 people who care about the show being on time, like now they're not, they're not going to get their show. So it's, you know, when, when you step into that category of, okay, we're doing live shows now. Well, now you, you kind of have to do them. You're kind of on the hook to do them. And, but that's also good because it's, it's, you know, we were a little late getting started today. That's my fault. But, you know, it, when it's offline, I'm like, oh, well, it's not a live show. So like, yeah, let me just get a glass of water first. You know, whereas when it is a live show and you know, you're going to be there, you're like, okay, yeah. I've got to be there. So that's good for people like me who tend to procrastinate. That's a really good thing.
1: <laughs> well, and that, that brings up another point of uh you you referenced the show your show quit, which you started um I forgot to check how many episodes in you are, but it's 16, a 16 17 Yeah, something. your weekly Friday show. Um
0: it's the best show, man. I I I'm terrified every week doing that show. That's how I know it's good because I'm absolutely terrified <laughs> it's going to be awful and uh and it's, and you're, that fear makes me do a good job, I think. You're, 18. You're completely at going. the mercy of your
1: guests, right? Like, I mean, more or less. Like, you some have your calling guests right? Is what I'm, sometimes you have actually scheduled guests, but you really don't, you're kind of going blind in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking calls and, uh, and hopefully the calls are good and hopefully I get calls. <laughs> and it's, it's scary sometimes because just, you know, I remember back, I was, uh, I was an RTV major for a little while in college, a very little while and they i remember one of the the things back then i was reading they were talking about the ratio of calls to of listeners to calls or calls to listeners and it's some crazy number like one out of a thousand listeners will call in or something it's it it's a relatively large number if you think about it so if you have 50,000 listeners you're going to get 50 calls and that's that's way more live listeners than we ever, 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 ever have. We're lucky to have thousands, let alone tens of thousands. So the fact that I actually do get so many calls and good calls, mm-hmm. and that is a testament to the listeners. Or or maybe I'm doing something right, but I think it's more <laughs> the listeners. I think it's more the listeners than me, to be honest. So
1: Yeah. Well, you're attracting Attracting the right kind of listener, I guess, and I that's hope so. with with that kind of show. It it you said you just said you know it's you're the best show or that you're the, the show you enjoy the most because you know. Well, I say it's the best
0: because I, I want people to listen, Chris. I'm trying to get people to listen. <laughs> that's why I say it's the best because people people will get excited, and and they'll say it's the best show. I have to, I want to hear the best show, and then they'll they'll do that. I actually am I'm terrified it's the worst show. So then, is that a bit you know.
1: because it's it's solely it's you like there's no you know like back to work is. There's right.
0: no net, man. There's no net on that show. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, with Merlin, like I could just sit there and
0: he's, he's going to take it and, right. and, and run with it. And I, I, I don't just sit there, uh, even though most of the time I'm just playing catch up with him. But, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with like Hypercritical with John Syracuse when, when we were doing that show. Uh, it's just another example of somebody who can talk uh, for, for quite a while and be fascinating for extended periods of time. And I can interject or not, and it will still be a great show. Uh, but, you know, and there's many other shows that I do at Jim Dalrymple, uh, and I do a show called Amplified, for example. There's, we're, we're pre- he talks about as much as I do, and, we're, and it's very back and forth. Uh, the, the show I do with Hattie, uh, my, my uh, producer uh, here, The Frequency, we both talk quite a bit. But on Quit, like, it's, it's me and maybe I get callers. So that, for me, is a very exciting uh, show and a very exciting situation to to be in. Very and I mean exciting because I have no idea if the show's going to be great or if it's going to suck. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and it, it kind of sounds like in in not every respect, but it sounds like the sh- kind of show you've been wanting to do for a while, and maybe you've even said as much in one oh, yeah. of the episodes. I, I don't want to misquote you, but because uh, there's a lot of I've heard of a lot of your <laughs> your voice saying different things, so it can meld together at times. But sure, Um and. Uh, I guess maybe talk a bit about, like, you could have done, tried to do that show, and maybe you, you did, and I don't remember, but, you know, you could have tried to do something like that show two years ago, let's say, or whatever. No, it wouldn't have worked, man. It I know, and that's, that's what I want to sort of touch on, is, like, how did you decide now is the time to do that show, like, because there's the technology aspect of it, there's the, that's, you know, it's technically easier for you to do it now, maybe, but also the the skills that you have in terms of handling a, you know, some random person calling you up and letting you have it on in terms of what's going on in their life. Oh, I got skills, Chris. Yeah. Well, I know that's why you're here. <laughs> no, I'm just that's kidding. why you're on episode eight, Dan. That's that's right. Episode, I reserve eight. episode eight for the top. only.
0: That's, that's wonderful. No, I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. I think it, I think it really, I've listened to talk radio my entire, entire life. And I love telling people this because I want them to know uh, that if, if I ever do anything right, it's because I'm, doing my best to do, uh, and I, de- I, I would never say improve upon, I'm just trying to, to do a good job doing what my heroes my whole life have done uh, in, in being great talk show hosts, you know. And I mean, I, I grew up listening to uh, people like, you know, uh, Neil, Rod- Neil Rogers and uh, of course Howard Stern and, and Jim Phillips and tons and tons of other people that I could just, I could, you know, sit here and, and, and tell you everyone from, you know, you name it, Paul Harvey. I mean, I could go on and on. And these are the people that I listened to growing up every single day. And I thought, this is what I have always wanted to do. But if I have any ability to do it, it's because I've listened to those folks for so many years and have said, oh, I like the way they did this or the way they did that was good. But you still, it it took me a long time uh, before I was, comfortable uh doing just just being being comfortable i before i was comfortable being comfortable on the air you know uh you know it was it was very it just took me a long long time years to uh you know like you think of like what phil hendry does with the the crazy voices and stuff that he does that that takes so much courage to do that you know i mean now it's all had for him but the first time he did that, it's crazy. And, you know, I really think that for me to be able to just relax and do this, uh, it, it took me a long time. I knew, that, I knew that I had interesting things to talk about. I knew that there were uh, great guests who would come on. But to really just be able to sit back and think of this the way that somebody approaches, you know, a job after doing it for, for a period of time, you get into that zone where you're comfortable, you know what you can do, you know what you can't do. You know what you do well and you know what you don't do well and being in that situation uh finally getting there for me i think i think all the shows that i do improve to some degree because i'm not you know i'm not nervous anymore Mm -hmm. at all and and it's not like i used to get nervous but there's still that excitement and i still get that before a show starts you get a little excited like oh yeah we're gonna go do this exciting thing and as soon as you start that goes away once you're comfortable, but it doesn't until you're comfortable. At least
1: it didn't for me. Yeah, and that's I get. I can definitely identify with that because it's well. Even when you interview, I, I know you did the the pipeline show, where you're interviewing folks that you either right. some of your friends, but also some of your peers, some of the folks you looked up to in, in various ways. And uh, and I'm sure it's similar to that aspect of what I was experiencing. You know, whatever an hour ago, when I was like, wait, you know, waiting to. Go, to talk with you here and just a little bit of butterflies for some reason, which I don't normally get. But yeah, once you start talking, it's just like you and I were sitting and chatting, albeit over a Skype connection. But, uh,
0: but you know, no, I know exactly what you're saying and people will come on the show and I know they're nervous. Like I can tell they're nervous and sometimes they will even be, yeah, I'm kind of nervous. And you can tell because maybe you've talked to them in person or maybe they're here in the studio with me and they're sitting there and like, you can just tell like they're nervous to be here. I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> don't be nervous. They're like, you don't understand, Dan. You do this every day. And I'm at that point now where like, oh, yeah, I do do this every day. <laughs> you know, and and like I remember being on other people's shows early after when I was starting that I would still be nervous. And now I just I just have fun with it. Yeah, and that's sound, just something
1: I guess comes very, with really nervous, Dan. Sorry.
0: No, I'm very I'm actually very well for this show. I was very nervous. I
1: know. This is a big deal. for.
0: It's a big deal. And uh, I want your <laughs> listeners to know
1: uh, how big of a deal it is. Yeah. This, yeah. this isn't your first time on a Canadian podcast, is it? Um, it might. You know what? It might be. Huh. It might be. I'll go check with our prime minister, but uh, see if it's the first time. <laughs> um, probably so, last time. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be refused at the digital border from now on. No, that's right. You've got you've got immunity because you know Jim Dalrymple. He's the whatever prime minister's assistant or something, ambassador or something. Yeah, Heineken ambassador. Hey, I just wanted to stop and thank our sponsor for this episode of Show Me Your Mic, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. You can hear T-Bone in the intro and outro of this show, and if you're interested in getting T-Bone to voice something for you, maybe your own podcast intro, a vo- voiceover for a screencast, or commercial for radio or TV, be sure to check out T-Bone over at the SoundLounge.ca. Again, my thanks to T-Bone and Sound Lounge for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. So back in the early days of recording, and maybe still today, um... How did you? How do you find time? And we'll get into maybe some of the producer questions in a minute, and, and sort, of the, sure. sort of the help you um, you have, I guess, there now. But balancing what I know, a lot of questions or discussions I have with folks is balancing the time between uh, recording con- new content, new episodes, new material, or whatever, versus spending time marketing, getting sponsors, growing the the web side of it, or whatever. How did you sort of balance that and struggle? maintain that I guess and and a sort of somewhat related question to that I'll just try and bundle this all into one big rambling question here and, and then you can go off on it but the a theme on a few episodes of back to work a little while ago was sort of that I wanted to ask about in relation to podcasting was sort of where have you gotten stuck mentally and and I've, I find I get stuck in podcasting it's just like it's kind of a drag and then all of a sudden you hit the record button like you said and it goes great and you're like oh yeah this is why I love doing this and uh and sort of how did you get? unstuck. Is that, are those two things sort of related? They are in my head. I don't know if they make sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess
0: so. I mean, it's, <clears throat> that's a tough question. I mean, I think there's definitely when you do this thing, just like anything that you do, when you do it every day, you do something every day, eventually you're going to run into that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is this, this kind of where you're going with it? Is yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, you wind up in a situation where you're like, okay, um, how am I going to make this interesting? How am I going to get that creativity and that e- excitement back? I don't know. I just, I'm, I just love doing this. I don't This is going to be a, a crap answer, but <laughs> like every single day, I'm excited to do it. I, every single day, I can't wait to, to do this and to talk to the folks that I get to talk to. And
1: it's great. Yeah. And that comes through in, in what you do. Again, like the quality of going back to the quality and and why you're attracting listeners, I think. Uh, And not to say that (laughs) maybe this is directed at myself as much as anybody else, but not to say that just because you don't have the thousands of listeners yet doesn't mean you're not doing a good job or that you don't love it. But it it does sort of feed itself. People are attracted to that. Someone who loves. Well, I
0: hope so. I mean, that's again, for me, every single day is motivated by by fear that uh, this will all just go away. (laughs) I mean, literally every day wake up and say, today's probably the last day I'm going to get to do this. I actually think that every morning that I wake up. And it's not like I program myself to think that. Like I actually am like, oh God, this is it. And when that doesn't happen, I feel very happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Understandable. So, yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it, that's just the way that my mind works. Yeah. And it's because I can't, I still can't always believe that. You know, that I'm I'm lucky enough to be doing this. Yeah.
1: That's so what I was actually having lunch with a guy who does audio. actually the guy who does the intros and outros and stuff for me here and he he does voiceover work in his day job. And he couldn't believe that people were actually making a living at broadcasting, podcasting on Why the not? Why can't he believe that? Why? I don't know. I think it's just foreign to him. he does, he has a podcast that's actually he just I think they just he has a comedy podcast and on, uh, that he does. Why can't he believe he, it? I hear this. And when I hear this, this upsets me, Chris. <laughs> okay. I understand you're upset.
0: I hear it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Because, and that's good. Here's why it upsets me. Why shouldn't you be able to make money doing something? Like when you see someone who's a painter, but an artist, right? And they paint some artwork. And you look at this thing and you're like, it just looks like they like shook a brush over the canvas. It's just a bunch of like colors. How much did that sell for? Well, the last piece that I did sold for $50,000. Really? And you say, God, I can't, I wish I could shake a brush over some canvas and make 50,000 bucks. Well, there are plenty of artists who do that and make money. And I don't know why. When they do it, they make money. And when I do it, it looks like crap. (laughs) But just because somebody else isn't able to do it, why does it... So if I said, I have a sponsor, the sponsor pays me money, and what they're paying for is to hear their message in front of hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of uh, listeners. Well, That's advertising. Like That's what people pay for. That's how we get TV and radio and how we get so many other mediums. That's why you see someone drinking a Coca-Cola can in a movie because an advertiser paid to put their brand and their service or their product out in front of the world. And that's, you know, that's worth something. Even if it's in front of a hundred people. If if 10 of those hundred people are willing to pay five bucks and you paid 50 bucks for your spot, or a hundred bucks for your spot, some advertisers would say, wow, that's really, that's, um, that's worth it. Well, we have thousands and thousands of downloads for, for all of our episodes of all of our shows. So wh- why, why is that difficult for them to understand that we can make money doing this? And these people are entertained by the stuff that we do and we're giving them enjoyment. Why shouldn't we make money doing something that A, we like to do? That, that B, is helping our advertisers get their information out there and, and hopefully make money. And uh, three, entertain people and make them happier. I mean, what's w- why can't we make money to do that?
1: No, I'm with you. It makes no sense. Yeah. I'm going to talk to this guy. Have okay. him call <laughs> me. Him, yeah. And the irony of it, I mean, I think it's the irony get him of it. on the phone. Is that, like uh, right now, get him on uh, I don't have that capability, Dan. I'm not a. I'll dial. him. Okay, five five five. He, <laughs> the irony is that he works in it. He comes from a radio background, so he's. Not, it's not that he's not familiar with the idea of speaking into the air and getting money in return. Well, then he's. Then so, he. Then he should understand it. But the reason that he might want not want to understand it
0: is because I think radio, which is by the way, radio, and I love radio. I love talk radio, and I don't like saying this. Radio's on the way out, man. Radio's the dinosaur. You know, it's going away. The idea of having a huge station and the huge infrastructure and having to go through all of those motions to broadcast something and to do it in a way that, that gosh, it's just such an old industry and it's so commercial that the idea of that being the, the way that people could get their message out there, the, the weird thing about it is, and the, and the strange thing is, it's really, really tough to find good shows out there. There are tons of people, Chris, that want to hear your show right now, and they don't know about your show. And if they go into iTunes, maybe, maybe it'll pop up in New and Noteworthy. It's episode eight. It'll pop up in New and Noteworthy or something like that. And then it goes out of New and Noteworthy because people aren't putting in brand new reviews. And that doesn't mean it's not a good show. It's just not New and Noteworthy right now. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen is people, how do they find that? How do they know that this is one of the best interview shows in the world? Well, that's tough. But if you have a radio in your car and there's like eight stations in your town and one of them is talk, you're probably going to hear, and you know the other one's NPR stuff, you're going to find those two stations and you're going to listen to them and you're going to hear the stuff that's there. But that's one of the biggest challenges that we as podcasters have to overcome. And, and that really is the strength of something like a five by five kind of a network is that, hopefully we do a number of good shows or shows that people would like to listen to. And if we do them, then hopefully we can cross-promote them or you can go to the website and see them or whatever. And you'll be, able to, you'll be able to get interested in those multiple shows because now you're finding out about them. You've learned that, oh, these other shows are out there. It's much, much tougher for an independent show to, to make that mark, but, but plenty of them still do. It's just,
1: it's tough. Yeah, it brings up the discussion and we can save that for uh, episode 16 or whatever when you come back again. But uh, right. the, the, uh, the discussion of the network versus the individual podcast that I know sort of hap- has happened a little bit and will continue to happen of, you know, do you set out, set out on your own or do you go on with another show or another network and put it an all a bunch of shows together? And I'm with you as far as the idea that in general, it's it's strength in numbers and um, and you know, as long as there's some sort of tangent and gentle uh, connection that people can make between the shows, but even then, I think it's just—it's to me—it makes sense. You go to this website, five by five dot tv, and you find a bunch of great shows talking about a bunch of interesting stuff. Pick any one of them, and you'll find something that you like. And uh, and if you don't like one, then switch to another one. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Um, Two things before I want to I'll let you go here is that um, just the idea of we touched on producers and, and how they help. And, and something I, I kind of was I've been struggling with and I'm sure others are struggling with, too, is um, which, again, goes back to like individual versus working with a group is often podcasters, broadcasters on the Web. You kind of you, you feel like you have to do it your own way, do it on your own. Um, I'm giving up. You know, in my case, I'm doing this right now not making any money really or whatever and just doing it as a hobby and and trying to grow it but I don't really I'm not I don't have someone else with me in the same sense building it with me and so just the idea I guess of what what a producer has brought or producers in your case maybe to to 5 by 5 and how that's helped and what kind of things they do that someone might think of hey my buddy who has no interest in talking on the mic maybe uh, but would love to do x y or z with me to help build this thing What? What kind of things can someone like that bring to a podcast show or podcast network?
0: Oh, so much. Oh, my God. I mean, but when I started this thing, so there's a lot. There's When you want to do something like this as a hobby, and I encourage people to podcast as a hobby, when you want to do something like this as a hobby, it's a completely, completely different thing than running it as a business. And that's that's not always, at least for me, it wasn't always true in the sense that, Uh, Like back when I used to do software development, like businesses, software development consulting businesses, you know, what I would do is, uh, you know, I would go, I'd, I'd find a client, I'd write code, and I'd split my time between writing code and getting new work. But it was pretty straightforward. With something like podcasting, you've got to, you're recording the shows. That's the obvious part. You're also, I would hope, researching and preparing for the shows. You're scheduling the shows. If you have guests, you're scheduling them. Uh, You're working with sponsors. So that involves the entire, if you're at all familiar with a sales process, that's the entire sales process. Uh, That's also a marketing process. It's also a engagement and project management process just to get the sale the ad sales. Then you have to schedule those. Uh, There's a lot of Care and feeding of sponsors, really a lot of that. Way more, I think, than anybody
1: would ever, ever believe. Can I jump in? Please. What do you mean by feeding of sponsors? I think I know what you're referring Care to. Care and feeding? Yeah. Well,
0: you know, if you've, got, uh, if you've got a show or a handful of shows and you have a sponsor who's signed up to, to run some spots, you have to make sure that the message that you're communicating for them is the message that they want you to communicate. That's not as simple as it sounds. There's very often a great deal of time that you have to spend as a host, especially if you do what what we do, which is endorsement style uh, sponsorships where the host or hosts themselves read or, you know, ad lib the, the spots. But you need to be very, very familiar with what they want you to convey. Even if you're doing it in your own words, even if you're talking about the parts of the service that you like, you still have to be very, very familiar. You have to make sure that they're happy. You have to frequently, you know, we'll take uh, we we have documentation that we send over to our sponsors that lets them know when uh, in each episode of every single show we do their spot aired. Sometimes we'll put together uh, like demo rolls of of the spots from the week across multiple shows so they can hear it. And then they might come back and they say, oh, uh, this host did a really great job and this one didn't do as good. Well, now we have to have a meeting with that host to talk to them about, a, you know, how they can improve. All of these things just, and and then just making sure that, you know, that they're pleased with this. And if there's anything that we can do better, or if they say, oh, you know, we're coming out with a new product uh, and it's going to be a week later, we've got to change the date that our ad spots are running. What do we do? How do we backfill? Who do we shift with? You know, all of those things combined with the editing process, combined with the content management system uh, or the content management and the publishing part of it. Combine with any marketing that you might do, combine with the stuff you have to do on social networks, combine with newsletters that you might have to write or blog posts you might have to do, uh, combine with the fact that we have an actual physical studio that needs to be run and managed and we have invoices to pay and we have accounting systems behind that and accountants behind that. And it goes on and on and on and on. And that's the difference between being a a guy sitting in his, uh, I'm talking about me years ago, not you. A guy, you know, sitting in, in a spare bedroom or in a basement of his house. No, you're talking like, about me so far. Okay, so like, like recording a show when he gets some time yeah. to do it. Yeah. Like that was the way that I did it. And hey, I, I think I can sell some sponsorships on these. You know, that's very, very, very different thing than, than running a studio and having a network. And by the way, it's very, very expensive to do what we do, uh, to, to, you know, the bills associated with it. Well, when you hire someone to help you, and you can delegate those things to those people. Uh, you know, The first person that I hired was an, uh, an audio engineer who, who you know, took over the editing process. Well, of course, there has to be a workflow for that. And you have to build things into the CMS to make that work. But long story short, I would finish recording a show. And instead of spending the next two hours editing it, I could let a professional, and I'm pretty good, but I'm nowhere up where the, the, the pros are. And instead of me spending two hours editing something, they'd spend 30 minutes editing something and they would publish it. And while they were doing that, I could be doing another show or talking to another sponsor or paying an invoice or marketing the show or whatever. And although I was now writing out a check and paying somebody else or multiple people to do this thing that I could do and I was fully capable of doing, instead, I shifted my focus on, well, is that what I do best? And of course, no, it was not what I do best. At least, you know, I think I'm better at doing shows than I am at, uh, at, at editing them. And it makes more sense for me to do something that could be revenue generating as opposed to something that could be supportive of revenue generation. So things like that. Uh, it, very tough to do that, though. Mm-hmm. Very tough to do that. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you finally make that step. So now... You know, I have, uh, you know, like Hattie, She's she does all of the account management. She makes sure the sponsors are happy. She handles all the scheduling, all of that stuff. And, uh, and you know, and she's also on a show with me and she does some of the producing work. And I have uh, another producer who handles pretty much everything else behind the scenes and makes sure that the office is running and all of the things that are involved in just keeping multiple shows and multiple people, uh, things scheduled, coordinated. It's, it is an unbelievable difference having people who are interested and involved and ready to ready to help out uh and
1: you know it it, it, it it's amazing i couldn't do without them mm-hmm. so where's five <laughs> this is a short one where's five by five going for 2013 2013 whichever way you, you know say it.
0: that's a that's a great question i mean it, it's always kind of tough to say because 50 percent of it is just figuring things out on a day-to-day basis yeah. and the other 50 percent is Okay, where would I try to steer things if I was able to? Uh, I've always wanted Five by Five to be a platform for people where they could just show up and be awesome for an hour, and we'll do everything else. So I'm trying to expand in a careful way. I'm trying to do shows that, uh, when I say do shows, I mean have shows on Five by Five that are in that that are related to one another, but that are different enough so that we can we can answer the needs that. That or the requests that people have for the kinds of shows that they want to hear. You know, our listeners are, are mainly in the geek kind of a category and that's what we focus on. But there are a lot of sub-focuses within that. I mean, there's everything from comics to games to business to, uh, I mean, you know, design, development, you name it. So we're I'm trying to build shows, five-by-five five shows that have hosts that are, smart and interested and can bring listener engagement. And I don't want too many of those shows, but I definitely have a map of shows that I want. And if you were to think about what those shows might be, you'd you'd probably be able to fill this map out too, because they're the kinds of things that I would think, Chris, your listeners are are probably interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that's part of it. For me personally, I'm really good at... Uh, maybe only two things. I'm really good at talking and I'm, I'm really good, I think, at helping other people create uh, great shows. I'm very good at, at those two things. I need to do uh, more of the second than I've been doing. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm spread too thin. So I need to be doing fewer shows and the shows that I need to do need to be a little bit different than some of the ones that I've been doing. So... I'm in the process of figuring out how can I spend more time with my hosts that are not on shows with me, but the other folks, the other people, how can I help their shows get bigger and better and and continue to be exciting and interesting? And what can I provide to them to to help them do that? So there's, you know, and this is the part about like you grow a business. you know, you, you sometimes have to do less of the thing that you love and more of the things that you don't necessarily love. It's not that I, I don't love doing that kind of producing type work. I do, but it, it, you know, it requires more of a focus than I've been able to give it.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's partly probably uh, part of that is probably the merger, I guess, or whatever, the acquisition, the hostile takeover, like we said, of <laughs> right. 70, 70 decibels, Mike Hurley, and bring the British influence in. Um, and then the last questions I've been, I've been asking folks is uh, what podcast do you yourself listen to? And uh, the sort of sub-question of that is what apps do you use to listen to? But do you have time to even listen to podcasts these days?
0: Uh, no, I definitely do. And the ones that I listen to are uh, are still, you know, I, I try to listen to lots and lots of different shows. I wouldn't say that I'm a subscriber of lots and lots of, of different shows right. uh, in that there will be shows that I listen to uh, that I might only listen to one episode or two episodes, but I do that because I want to know what other people are, are doing. I want to know what I could be doing better or what I might be doing wrong. So I try to just listen. I listen to, you know, if you, if, if you want to hear what I'm listening to, go to iTunes and look at what's new and noteworthy. I'm going to be listening to those things. I may listen to every episode. I may listen to one show or two shows in there, but that's I'm very interested to see what other podcast networks and individuals are coming out with. Uh, not, be, not, not because I'm like, oh, I got to compete with this. Oh, I got to be better than this. No, uh, more just I would like to see what's out there because it's inspiring to me to see what other people are doing hear what other people are doing. Those things are very, very interesting. As far as the shows that I subscribe to and that I listen to on a regular basis, you're right. Between being on the air and, and being here, you know, I get into work usually between 8 and 8.30 and I usually leave between 7.30 and 8. And I usually break about an hour for lunch. So that's five days a week. On the weekends, I'm trying to focus mostly on my family. Uh, I don't have a lot of time and I don't have a long commute. So I don't have very much time to listen to shows the way that, uh, the way that I used to. But shows like This American Life, Radiolab, uh, you know, the, the, the shows like Bullseye that Jesse Thorne does. Uh, those shows are like, those are my mainstay. There's a, a Buddhist show called Audio Dharma, uh, which is, is, is great. There's tons of great shows out there. I almost don't want to say what I listen to too much because, you know, I want people to discover the, the shows themselves. Those are some of like the biggest, most well-known podcasts, but they're big and well-known for a reason because they're really good. And I think that, you know, people, people should go and discover, you know, what, what, what they like. But I listen to those shows because for me, they're, they're very inspiring, you know, and, and, uh, and, and those guys, they sure do know what they're doing. And the,
1: uh, do you have a particular app to use? Are you a iTunes oh, nerd or just? Um,
0: I use, generally I use, uh, like on my iPhone, I use Instacast the most, uh, but I have all of them. And I'm constantly looking at what they, they do. So, I mean, I don't have my phone in here because as a rule, I know I try not to, especially if I'm being interviewed, I try not to have it too close. Uh, but, you know, whether, it, you know, the two big ones are like Instacast and Downcast. I use the podcast app. I do sync up with iTunes. And, you know, it, I don't have a favorite. There's none that I would say, oh, you should use this one. Like the 5x5 five five
1: one maybe I guess would be.
0: Well, there's no there's no back catalog on that right, right now, but it uh, that's good for listening to to the shows live. Mm-hmm. There's a free version of that and a pay version. The pay has the push notifications, but it's you know there's I'm very uh, I'm, I'm I just don't I just don't really care. Like this is the thing I think it weirds Merlin out all the time. It's like I really don't care. Like I'm not. Like I'll use whatever. I'm just not. I used to have such strong opinions about applications that I use and which one and how they were configured and how they were set up and if they were optimized. And I'm, I'm always so impressed by people like David Sparks and Brett Terbstrand and Merlin Mann and people who really take the time to explore how they can be the most efficient and the most optimized and save time and make computers work for them. And for me, it's just I just want to you know do something and 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 get out of there. It's very, very different kind of philosophy than I than I used to have. I feel like my uh, I have to spend my energy doing other things in in a weird way, Mm -hmm. but I really do enjoy uh, the the ability to have an application that's going to download the show when it's ready and tell me about it. And so the the ones that I know that do that a very good job of that. There's Instacast, there's Downcast, and um, I, the podcast app is better, Apple's podcast app. It's not great yet, but it's better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like the new version of it uh, a little bit better. I still use, I'm an Instacast person myself. So, so far, I think of the eight, eight episodes in, I think Instacast has seven of the eight votes maybe, but um, hmm. all right, well, I, I've got about... 30 other questions, but we'll save that for the next time you come on, Dan. Yeah, I'll
0: be on, I'll be on again next week.
1: Sure. Coming back every, I'll be back every <laughs> Regular occurrence, appearance. That's all right. Um, I think it's fairly obvious if they don't, but if for somebody who doesn't know maybe where to find you, follow you, what are your internet digits that uh, you give out?
0: Sure. On Twitter, I'm Dan Benjamin. On Alpha, I'm Dan. And then 5x5.tv is the best way to, uh, to find out about these shows.
1: All right. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks again for coming on. It's, Happy to be here. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, despite the soundboard hiccups at the beginning of trying to throw me off, I think managed to carry on a conversation. <laughs> so that's <was> good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my thanks to Dan for joining me here on Show Me Your Mic. Be sure to visit, obviously, 5by5.tv. Check out some of the many podcasts Dan and his co-hosts are producing each day. And uh, I'm Chris Enns, and I want to thank you for listening to Show Me Your Mic. You can follow me on Twitter or app.net for, at iChris. And uh, thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com slash SSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters as well as learn about other shows we produce such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in a Lemon.